What kinds of things do you use to remind you of stuff you don't want to forget? Post-it notes. Google. Video. How does that work? Videos? Maybe you just keep like the video on loop. Like every, I knew a guy, uh, he was a professional basketball player. He watched It's a Wonderful Life before every game of his career, his 13-year career. Maybe that's what you mean. A video that you love. You just keep watching it. Walking? Right on your hand? Yeah. What about the rubber band? Anyone do the rubber band thing? Or tie a string on their finger? That's pretty old school, but you might still. I mean, it's, it's okay if you do. You have a sticky note on your bulletin. If you have already scribbled notes to someone next to you or drawn some kind of stick figure on it, uh, you'll just have to flip it over and use the other side. Because I have that for you for a reason. We'll use it at the end. Um, But there's something about reminding ourselves, not just of stuff to do, like like these things. I think we have a couple of uh, pictures. Lock the door before, you know, when you leave, lock the door. Or feed the dog. Or for some people, you need a reminder just to put on pants before you go out. The basic things. But some of us need reminders of not only what to do, but of who we are. Because there's a tendency to forget. And there's a tendency to get beat down by the stuff in the world, to get beat down by the opinions of others, by the circumstances, by the things in life. And we can forget who we are. We can forget the direction that we're going, the track that we're on, what we're committed to, who we want to be in this new year or in this new day, and and we need reminders. And some people associate it with Tony Robbins or positive thinking, the guy from Saturday Night Live that just said, you know, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and people like you or whatever. It could have a bad rap, but it doesn't need to. Anything that reminds you of what's true of you is a good thing. Any, any way that you need to remind yourself about who you are, about where you're headed, about what God has put in you, what God wants for you, you should. We should be people who want to remind ourselves of that. So today, I gave you a sticky note, and later I'm going to give you something to put on that sticky note. And it's not something that you need to do. It's something that you want to be. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to use this Bible thing here. And if you're new and you don't, you don't uh, have a Bible, we have Bibles for you. You can actually take one when you leave. Uh, it can be yours to, to have and to hold and to cherish. Uh, I just want to give you a little, little uh, mini lesson. So in this Bible, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. The first book of the Old Testament is called Genesis. That's where everything got started. That's where God said that he created the heavens and the earth, that he created humankind. They created all the living things who he created. And then the story goes in Genesis that that human beings like you and me, we turned and walked away from God. And so we rebelled and we, we kind of we broke that relationship that God had designed, that he had meant for us. And they call that the fall. So there's the creation and the fall when, when men, when humans fall away from God and we break that connection. And then the, the rest of the story of humanity is about God restoring what he originally intended, which is a relationship with us. And so the next book of the Bible is called Exodus, and that's where he leads people. Have you seen, uh, was it uh, the animated Prince of Egypt when Val Kilmer's the voice of Moses and the deal? So, so in, in Exodus, God leads his people out of Egypt. In Leviticus, he gives them instructions on how to live, really detailed ways to live. So detailed, in fact, that it was impossible to keep. 
which was kind of the point, setting us up for the future when he would send Jesus and he'd be like, hey, by the way, you know how you can't live perfectly? I took care of that with this Jesus, with Jesus, right? So you can all be forgiven because you can't. None of us can live perfectly. Deuteronomy is a little bit more, it's the story of Moses and continuing on the journey of the Israelites, God's people. And that's where we're going to hit. We're going to read a little bit from the, from the end of Deuteronomy and the beginning of Joshua. And this is... This is the transition from Moses, the most famous leader in all of Jewish tradition, to Joshua, the guy who would follow him. Imagine being the guy who followed the greatest guy, right? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Verse 1, in your notes and on the screen. And Moses, servant, servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to Joshua and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So so the commands of Moses are going to continue to play out through the next leader, Joshua. Since then, since that time, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, the ten plagues, the crazy miracles that God did through Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. since, Since then, no one has been that crazy, that strong, that impressive, that powerful of a leader. Verse 12, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. That's how the book of Deuteronomy finishes, and that is where Joshua gets to take over. Thanks a lot, Moses, right? How would you like to be that next guy? How would you like to be the person that follows that? When we just read from the, from the Bible that No one has ever been as great as Moses, as this leader, as this connection with God. And now Joshua gets to try and follow that. And I think that there's seasons, there's times, and there will be in this next year, this 2013, where you will be invited into something new where you will be invited into a new role, where, where God will prompt you. It might be through this voice that you hear. It might be through a friend or someone you care about. It might be through circumstances. It might be this morning through something that he says through his word or through me. And he, he might call you, invite you, inspire you onto something new and different and more that is gonna make you uncomfortable. It's a role that you haven't had to play before. Or it's a way of living that you haven't, stepped into before. It's a way of behaving. It's, it's, a, it's a new level of commitment. It's a new relationship with him. It's, it's something new that's beyond where you have been, and, and you, like Joshua, might be nervous, and you, like Joshua, might want to say, might respond in one of a few ways. The first way that you might want to respond in that is to say, you got the wrong guy. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not a leader like that. I'm not equipped for that. I'm not strong enough for that. I'm not as spiritual as these other people. I'm not really, this is not my thing. I didn't grow up that way. I'm not prepared to to take this next step of faith. I'm not not like my mom. I I can't be that kind of a 
wife. I'm not, I'm not like that guy because I, I can't lead my family this way. Or I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough or the business was built on him and I can't take it over. Or, or whatever it is, captain of your sports teams, new opportunities at work, new, we're, my wife and I are about to become parents for the first time. New, n- whatever this new season, this new stage, this next thing is, and you might not know what it is yet, but it's coming. Whatever that is, God's going to invite you to take a new step, and it's going to require faith, and it's going to require you to trust him. And one way to respond is to say, oh, no, no, not me. You got the wrong person. Another way to respond is to say, you've got the wrong assignment. <laughs> like, I'm pretty cool. I, I can do some stuff, but I don't want to do that. Did you know that these people, these Israelites that you want me to lead, have been just walking around in circles for 40 years, grumbling and complaining about everything? I don't want to. Moses could barely lead him. I don't want that job. That sounds terrible. We're talking like seven figures, like over a million people walking through the desert and you want me to take them on to the promised land, to the the fulfillment of this promise that you've been giving us all this time? They're not going to believe me. Why would they follow me? This is a bad assignment. I don't want it. And you might find yourself in a similar situation as that of saying, really, God, like this? I I I don't want this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to step into that kind of a deal. You might think it's you got the wrong person or you got the wrong assignment. Another response that we might have is, yeah, it's about dang time. Someone recognize what I bring to the table. You know? Like, I've been wondering when, God, you were going to see that I've got the chops for this. Like, Moses is old and decrepit, and he can barely even make it up the hill to meet with you anymore. Have you noticed? Like, it's time to pass the torch. I've paid my dues. And some of you are that way. Some of you have a little bit of that in you. Um, It's about time you noticed that I should lead this thing. Like, it's about time you asked me to, I mean, I got got some skills in this department. Like, like, I'm I'm glad that you've given other people a shot at this, but now let's, I got it, you know, I'll take over now. Thanks for recognizing that uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm probably the one to lead this. And so we can, we can have that, the, the fear that maybe I'm not the person, the fear that maybe this isn't the assignment, or the prideful response that says it's about time you noticed. And I would suggest to you that even in that prideful response, it's fear. Because if you're like me, and that has ever been kind of in your makeup and how you have operated, it's, you're still afraid. But your fear is different. You're afraid that you're not going to reach your potential. You have certain pressures or expectations that you have put on yourself or have had others put on you, and you don't know if you're ever going to live up to your potential. And so anytime that there's an opportunity to lead or to do something, you think, that, that belongs to me. I, that, that should be me because you're frantically hoping and praying that you get to be all the great things that you think maybe you're expected to be. Either way, there's fear involved. And either way, we're going to respond. And like Joshua, you, we, here, here are some of Joshua's fears. They're in your outline. They're going to be on the screen. It's, or at least in your outline. The first fear is a fear of failure. You're going you're gonna to fear, if you're like Joshua, if you're anything like Joshua, because he, he was afraid of, of failure. He was afraid that, he, that things would not go to plan, that, that we've been wandering around the promised land for 40 years, and what, what makes us think that, they're gonna, that we're going to get there under my leadership? So there's a fear of failure that's, that's rational. It makes sense. And there's a fear of the future. 
You know, God's come through in the past, but in the future, I mean, who can know the future, right? Maybe he wants to just let me be disappointed to teach me a lesson. And so we fear the potential outcomes of the future. Or maybe there's a fear of following after Moses, following after the great leader. Like, I can't do what he did. I'm not wired that same way. I'm not, I'm not that religious. I'm not, I'm not a strong leader, or I'm not the parent that they think that I am, or, or whatever it is. Maybe there's a fear of following somebody great because you wonder if you, can, you don't have that in you. Or maybe there's a fear of being followed. Like that you're going to step out in faith and that you're going to try something new and that you're going to really step up and catalyze your family to think differently about how you do life together. Or maybe you're going you're to step up in your, in your business and you're going to start noticing all the people that are around you that are lost and hopeless and have no direction and are miserable and lonely. And now you're going to start entering into their worlds you're going to start having those conversations, but there's that fear that you won't be followed. There's that fear of taking that next step, and what if you look back and nobody's there? And worse yet, what if they make fun of you? What if they don't, they don't follow, but they also ridicule you? What, what if, what if they just speak negatively of you and point and think, ah, the joker, they thought that they could lead, Right? Those are all the things that Joshua is experiencing. How can I do this? How, why would you ask me to do this? How, we're never going to get there. Moses is the best. I'm just his number two guy. I can't do this. So if you've had any of those thoughts, you are similar to Moses, and that's an okay place to be, but it's not an okay place to stay. Here's what... God says to Joshua to prepare him for this journey. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, is, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all those people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about, I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give every place where you, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised to Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea to the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I don't know if you noticed. But all those words, all those verses, all those sentences were about what who was going to do, what God was going to do. There was nothing in there about strategy, tactics, or how, Mo, or how Joshua is a genius, or, or how the particular kind of cartography and the map and the how, how this you know, route was going to take. Nothing was tactical. Nothing was strategic. It was all about what God was going to do because God will see to it that his promises are fulfilled. Joshua, it seems, just shows up and trusts God, right? Here's, let's go on. Verse 6. It's not on the screen. It's just, just listen. Be strong and courageous, he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. You notice God's having to tell him things multiple times. I want you to remember this. 
I want you to get this. You have a tendency to forget. This is what I want you to be. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what God is making clear to Joshua here and what he makes clear to us is that we can trust him with the outcomes. Joshua had no idea how they were going to work this thing out. There were battles to fight, like real battles. Real people were going to die. There were places to conquer and go, and he had no idea how that was going to play out. I'm sure he had smarts. I'm sure he had learned a lot being with Moses, but he didn't have the plan. God said, I will get that done. Here's what I need from you. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Stick with me. Follow follow the path. Stick with the path. I'll take care of the outcomes. You trust me, and I will take care of how this thing plays out. Now, some of you have heard a little bit of my story. Uh, You you know, over the next however many years, you're going to hear different slices, different takes of it, because it's the only story I got. You know what I mean? So don't get bored of me. Um, About a year and a half ago, Hillary and I moved down from Washington here, and we did that because Hillary had been praying with some girls. I don't think that she's like crazy spiritual. It's not like incense burning and things like that. It was just like a few young women who got together because they just wanted to have fun, encourage each other, eat cheese and crackers, watch something on TV, and then they pray together as a way of just loving each other. So as they're praying, Hillary hears this like prompting, Uh, just this kind of whisper, just this impression that she attributed to God talking to her, okay? And it was this. It was this sense that she should be prepared that maybe we were going to move. We were living up in Gig Harbor, Washington because she lost her mom to pancreatic cancer. We moved there to take care of her mom in her last weeks and then to grieve and to be with the family. And we had been there for three years. And Hillary was like a celebrity in Gig Harbor. Like everyone there is Croatian relatives. It's like the mafia. And, and so she walks around Gig Harbor and she's famous. So to, to, to give that up, to move to a place where she's never been, it was a huge risk. And on the surface, she didn't want to do it. And so we're up there and she feels like maybe God is saying this to her. Now, sometimes you think that could just be bad sushi. That could be I watched a crazy movie the night before or whatever. But she, the way we test it is we just keep listening. And if, it, if we keep feeling like, yes, 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 that's what God's saying over a period of a few days, or if it's confirmed by someone else that, that you talk with or that you ask advice from, that's kind of how we start to sense that, yeah, I think God is saying this. And so we believe that he was. And I didn't have a job down here. We just felt that maybe he was bringing us and so uh, I came down on a little, like, reconnaissance scouting mission. And it's not like I arrived in Orange County and the clouds parted and the light shone on my face. No one cared I was here. I mean, I just came and, and didn't know why. And I, I tried to set up some meetings, and, and I did. I set up a few, and I got one contract. I got one 
contract to do some coaching and some speaking and some training. And that was it. And so on that, like six, three month contract, we moved. We just felt, okay, that's, maybe that's God confirming this. And so we moved down and we got here and we rented the smallest apartment that we could find that was not too dirty and nasty. And we just hunkered down and did the best that we could. And, and I did that little contract job and we just, kept, God, really? Is this, is it, certainly you didn't bring us down here for this. Like what, what's next? Is there a thing? Is there a, another opportunity? And, and so we just kept going a day at a time, not knowing. I mean, no, nothing heroic about it, just not knowing. But feeling like, okay, we heard that and we believed. We just decided that we believed that was God. So here we are. And now, you know, pray that God would just show the next step in the journey. And so it's just after about two or three months, I'm playing volleyball at Corona Del Mar. And I happened to, it wasn't planned, I just happened to be playing with uh, Kenton Bishore, who's the senior pastor of the Mariners campuses. And, uh, and, you know, I think I was on his team and we won, so he liked me immediately. And... <laughs> And he just, uh, he, I get a phone call like a week later and he says, hey, it was not him, it's someone who works for him. And they say, hey, we're, we're starting these other campuses. We've been at Irvine for, you know, that campus for like 25 years. And we started Huntington Beach. We started Mission Viejo. We want to start another one. We want to just keep planning more churches to reach more communities. And I think, okay, that's cool. But when we had moved down, I had told Hillary, I don't want to work for a church. Uh, I've done that once before. I, you know, it's, it's great in some ways. It doesn't pay great, and you lose your weekends, and there's some hard things about that. But, but maybe, if, you know, if God really, if God really makes it clear, like, then, then maybe we'll do it. But, I, but I'm, I, when I was in Washington, a couple of churches had called, and I just didn't feel like that was what God wanted me to do. So I said, you know, unless it's like Saddleback or Mariners, I'm not even going to entertain. <laughs> I'm not even going to go to the meeting. And so... Mariners does call, and so I show up, and I just say, okay, well, we, we're, we're next step. Like we said we would, so we'll take the next step. Met with them, and over the series of a couple of weeks, God just made it clear. Again, it's hard to explain. He just makes it clear with a sense, a presence, an affirmation from others, uh, a sense that you're going to be using how he's wired you, that this was what we were supposed to do. So I went on Mariners staff, and I went on to be the lead pastor of the, the fourth campus, wherever that was going to be. They were thinking maybe Tustin Orange area or San Clemente or something like that. So that was the idea. And then after I'm there for a few months, Kenton decides that he wants to kind of mix things up a little bit, and he wants to ask me if I'll take over Huntington Beach. And so love Huntington Beach, love you beautiful people, uh, but there, there was... There was a moment in time where I was like, okay, but I was planning on this. Like, I was planning on, you know, the, the, ne- the next thing, like the new thing, the start from scratch thing, the, the whatever thing. And so, I mean, really, God just kind of, you know, tell, imp- impress upon us, you know, if this is you. I met with a pastor of another church in the area, kind of, kind of a prominent guy, and he was like, ooh, ooh, don't, don't do that, you know. You don't have to know the story of, of our beautiful church here, but there, there was a time when it was, it was kind of planted and pulled back, and he was like, um, you know, and, and they thought, well, is this even going to exist? Is this going to be able to continue? You know, they lost the first building. They pulled back. They tried to start again. And so this pastor said, no, 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 let it die. Like, you need to just start fresh and just do something new. And I was like, maybe I should. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's God speaking to me. 
So we had to weigh that against other things that we were feeling. And again, it became clear, just that impression, just that sense that God is leading, that we were supposed to step in and do this. Friends, and God has met us every step of the way. God has showed up. And then we, look at what he's done since we've been together. Look at what he's done. He's, you know, I mean, it is, it's exciting. He, he has grown this church tremendously. He, ha, he has seen lives change. He has brought an energy and excitement. He, has, he is telling us and showing us that he is doing something new and special. He desires to do more in this community. We haven't even seen, we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't. He's going to do something incredibly special in this time and place. I, I have a vision. I, ha- I believe that there's a day coming when Mariners, the Irvine campus, is not the main campus. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I think that there's a day coming when we're on the mayor's speed dial. Just because we care about the community. Just because when stuff goes wrong, just because when things aren't happening and he needs people that are going to show up and are going to care, are going to do stuff, he knows who to call. I believe that there's people in this room that are going to change things in this city, in Fountain Valley, in Westminster, in Long Beach, that are going to have a ripple effect for a very long time. I believe that there's going to be hundreds, thousands of people that get introduced to their creator because God is continuing to move his story. I'm one little piece in this story. You are one piece in this story. God is going to, he is going to continue to draw you to the next place. And you're going to have to figure out, is this God speaking to me? Is this him, is this him telling me that there's something else, something more? Is this him inviting me into a role that maybe feels like it's a little bit above my head? Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's time for you as a dad to step up in a new way. Lead your family spiritually in a new way. And he's saying that I want you to start now. And you're thinking, I didn't have a good example of a dad growing up. I don't know how to do this. I'm not that guy. And he's saying, no, 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 you are. Don't worry about the outcomes. I got that. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Maybe for you, it's, it's really getting serious about even giving your life to God and saying, I, I, I'll, I want in. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to do this. I've danced around it. I've, I've kind of cognitively believed, but I want to trust my life to you. I want to see where this rabbit hole goes. I want to see what you have on this journey of life for me. So I'm in. And part of you wrestles with that and you're like, man, but I, I don't want to be a weird religious person. I don't want to be crazy. I don't, I don't know if I can trust God with my future. And you look at your past and you're like, I've kind of mangled my own past, so maybe I should trust God with my future or whatever it is. But maybe God is saying to you, no, there's another, there's another role that I want you to play. There's another step in this journey. You don't have to worry about the outcome. Just don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Trust me. Maybe it's at work. Maybe you're being challenged to work in new ways. Maybe, maybe there's a new role for you to step into, a new way to, to show up, to care about people, to lead a new charge, a new project. Maybe it's a new passion, a dream, a creativity. Maybe you're going to help us build bridges in this community because of your influence, because there's more people that need to know the hope that you have. Maybe he's asking you to step up and serve in a new way and say, you, you know, you're, you're, you're doing great here at this place, but I, have, I want you to try this. 
Don't worry about if people are going to follow you. I'm asking you to step up and lead. And will you trust him? Maybe it's related to finances and giving, and he's, he's asking you to trust him with your resources. Will you trust me? Don't worry about the outcomes. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. You have that note card on your, uh, on your outline. I want you to grab that. And I want you to write on that whatever it is that he would say to you that you need to remind yourself of. Is it don't be afraid? Do you need a reminder to be strong and courageous in the face of the challenges, the obstacles, the things that are going to come in this new year? Or the pain, the disappointment of this past year, whatever it may be, what, what do you need as your reminder? What do you need to keep in front of you on a regular basis? Use this thing, use these sticky notes, use whatever you need to use. Just be reminded that God will take care of the outcomes. What he wants from you is to trust him, to be strong, to be courageous. He can work out the details. There's more notes in your outline. You, you can do your own Bible study tomorrow. I'm going to stop there. I think, that's, I think that that's what he wants us to hear this morning. Will you pray with me? God, thank you that, that you didn't give up on us a long time ago in this book of Genesis, that you have been working your story throughout history up until this point, this moment, this time, that there's no one that is here alive or has the gifts that they have by accident, that you have equipped all of us for what we need, for what you would have for us to do in this life. And so today, God, we say that we, we want to follow you courageously. God, speak to us. Give us a sense of what it is that you're asking us to step into. And then give us the courage to not be afraid, to be strong, to be courageous, to trust you with the outcomes, and enjoy following you in this journey. We pray in Jesus' name.